promised to try to be on time, but uh, it's all in the will of the Lord, isn't it? I think this week and next week, I think it's the last week, where the brothers who take the platform are free to uh, speak on any subject that is in their heart. And the last night as I went to bed, I will be honest with you, I didn't know what I was going to say. Not because I didn't have something to say, but because I had so many conflicting messages in my head and I didn't know which one to pick, which would be appropriate. So I just prayed over it. I said, oh Lord, you've got to help me in the morning. So I just went to bed and woke up this morning. And I think I've settled on one particular message to talk about. Uh, it's not going to be long, but something, as always we say to people, when we... When a brother takes a platform, the idea is to whet your appetite. You are not going to get all the feeding from the pulpit here. The actual feeding is at home. What you're going to do after the meeting, what you're going to do on Monday, what you're going to do on Tuesday, that is where the food is. This is like a gas station. You come to the gas station, you fill your fuel, but actually the actual use of the fuel, the traveling is going to be out there when you are on. So we always encourage people to take time in their private home life to spend time in scripture. And if you don't have a Bible, please feel free to see Jim. He will help you to find a Bible and you can have one at home. So what are we going to talk about uh, in the next couple of, uh, a couple of minutes is we're going to look at one of the giants of the faith. Scripture is very full of them. But no, I'm not going to talk about Moses. I'm not going to talk about um, Elijah. I'm not going to talk about the Apostle Paul or any of those names. But I'm going to talk about one of the giants that are in Scripture. And we are given a name in Scripture of the name of Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene. To give context of the things that are in my heart, and the Lord was speaking uh, before we read the, the verses we're going to read about Mary Magdalene. He was speaking uh, to the Pharisees in Luke chapter 7 of the scripture. In Luke chapter 7. And this is what the Lord says uh, from verse 14. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors, and one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when he had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou Hast rightly judged. And then he goes on and he talks about this woman. And he says to Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house, thou gavest me no water for my feet. But she had washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou hast given me no, no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, had not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman had anointed my feet with oil. Now, 
The scripture doesn't give us the name of this woman, and I'm not going to suggest that it is Mary Magdalene, because I don't think it is Mary Magdalene. But this is the context that I want you to bear in your mind as we look at this giant of the faith, Mary Magdalene. Why is this passage relevant? Scripture tells us in other parts about Mary Magdalene. But we're going to try and work systematically. Let's look at what scripture says about Mary Magdalene in Luke chapter 8. That's just the chapter after the, 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 the verses that we just read. In verses 1 and 3. And it says, And it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. And certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene. Out of him went seven devils. And Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others, which ministered, not this face, ministered unto him of their substance. Now, if you Read later on in other parts of scripture. Scripture tells us that it is this Mary Magdalene out of whom the Lord uh, cast out seven demons. So this is somebody who knew uh, the grace of the Lord in a much, much deeper and personal way. Because being delivered of demons. I know in this country when we talk about demons, maybe it's something that seems like um, a, a, a far-fetched, maybe an ancient kind of thing. But I will tell you, I come from Africa. I have seen firsthand what it is like to be possessed of a demon. I have seen firsthand people who are possessed by, this, by, the, by evil spirits. It's a very dire and helpless situation. It is a hopeless situation. You are helpless when you are under the power of the, of the devil. And no doubt, this woman, I don't know how old Mary Magdalene was when the Lord delivered her, but no doubt she had been under the spell, under the bondage of the spirit for many, many years, if not decades. So when after all probably she has tried, and probably all those that love her have tried to help her with the situation that she was in, she still could not find any help until the Lord comes into the scene. At that point, being known as somebody who is possessed by the spirit, you are practically an outcast in society. You are a reject. You are, you are seen as a demon itself, even though, yes, you are possessed by the demon, but you are seen as somebody whom nobody wants to deal with. Nobody would marry you if people knew that you are demon-possessed. So the status and the state of Mary Magdalene in society was that of a hopeless person. And even people who are possessed with the demon spirit, they can know that they are possessed by the demon spirit. I know that from experience because they can tell you. When they are sober and they are normal, they can tell you that I, I don't know what to do with this. And they can even tell you what their experiences are because of this power that is within them. 
So probably Mary Magdalene also knew that she was possessed of this, of this, of this spirit. And yet she, there was nothing that she could do to help herself. There was nothing that she could do to deliver herself. And she knew that she was unaccepted in society. And she knew that she was unclean, so to speak, because she had an evil spirit in her. And then in comes the Lord. And the Lord cast out, cast out these demons. This is somebody probably who wouldn't even be allowed to step, step into the temple. This is unlike maybe somebody who has been brought up uh, in, a, in a priest's home or somebody who has been brought up in a, 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 a father who is maybe a Pharisee or a scribe or someone is brought up in a religious uh, a, a, a kind of like a surrounding. But this is somebody who probably just lived in the outskirts of society and there was nothing that anybody could do to help him. And it's, it, it can be even more daunting when you know it yourself that you are filled, so to speak. She knew the status that she held because as a possessed woman that she was somebody who nobody wanted to be, who nobody wanted near him. And then in comes the Lord and the Lord cast out seven demons out of him. Finally, after so many years living in bondage, after so many years living in the curse of possession, finally, after seeking all the help from anybody and everybody, and finally, she could be free. Finally, this one thing, I am sure if you went to her when she was still possessed and you said, Mary, what would you like in life? What would you, if, 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 if you were given an open check and say, what would you want for yourself? What would she say? Chances are she would say, if only you can get these demons that are possessing me out of me. If only you can free me from this captivity. I am tired. I am exhausted. I am helpless. I don't know how to get out of this. It is at that moment that the Lord, she can't, makes have an encounter with the Lord, and the Lord casts out devils out of her. And at last, she is free. We were in bondage too. I don't know if you know this. Maybe some of us have been brought up in Christian upbringings and environment that were relatively stable. But nonetheless, we were all in bondage. And I don't know how much we appreciate the liberty that we got in Christ. I do not know if we really do count the cost of our sins and recognize what it really means to be saved. What we have been saved from. Because if we do, if we did, we really would esteem and prize our salvation. It really would exude in our lives, in our practices, in our behavior, in our conduct, even as we walk down the streets. It would be so evident in our lives because we have been given a freedom 
that we have been looking for for many, many, many years. And look at what this giant of faith does. Scripture tells us that they ministered unto him of their substance. When I read in scripture, I think women outshine men. You know, if you go again, if you, if, if, if you read about um, uh, um, Peter's mother-in-law in Mark chapter 1, scripture tells us again that as soon as she was healed, what is the first thing that she did? She ministered unto the Lord. Now, the Lord would never ask us of something that we do not have. Scripture tells us that they, they ministered unto the Lord out of their substance. What they had, they gave to the Lord because they understood what the Lord had done for them. Because Scripture says here, and other infirmities, we, we don't know what they were. But these were people who benefited from the Lord in a very great and mighty way. And they took what they had. They gave to the Lord. They understood that he was worth whatever it is that he have. We have something that we all can offer to the Lord. Now, we are not talking about bank balances here. But we have something. God has given us lives. We have something that we can offer to the Lord. How much are we willing to give to the Lord and say, this is yours, Lord, take it. This is all yours, take it. Take my life. Sometimes we sing a hymn, take my life. Give me Jesus. Take everything. Give me Jesus. How many of us do we really mean that, and I, including this speaker that is speaking in front of you, do we, are we really saying, do we really recognize what the Lord has done for us? And that we owe him our everything. They ministered of their substance unto him. They took what they have. The Lord wants what we have, what we are. The Lord is not going to ask you to go and acquire anything. Come to the Lord with what you have. And surrender unto him. You remember in Mark chapter 10. There is a story in Mark chapter 10 of a, young, of, of a rich young man. He comes running to the Lord and he calls him, Good master, what must I do to be saved? And the Lord rattles him through a couple of commandments. And he said, look, 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 I've, I've already done that. And then he said, go, go through the conversation. The rubber hits the road when he says to him, One thing you lack Take off your substance and give to the poor. Scripture tells us that the young man walked away sad. But yet also scripture tells, them, tells us that the Lord looked at him and he loved him. We are loved by the Lord. Is it really too much of the Lord to ask of us to give him 
all that we have? Is he really demanding too much from us? Do we not owe him that much for what he has done for us? Mary Magdalene, let's look at her in another passage. Mark chapter 15. She ministered unto the Lord with their substance. And now when we get to chapter 15 and reading from verse 40, now they, we are at the scene of the cross, and this is what scripture tells us. There were also women looking on afar off, among whom was, you guessed it, Mary Magdalene, and Mary, the mother of James, the less, and of Joseph and Salome, who also, when he was in Galilee, followed him and ministered unto him, and many other women which came up with him unto Jerusalem. Faithfulness. Let us remember the sin that this passage is talking about. This is at the cross when the Lord had been crucified. At this point in time, there are bloodthirsty men going around looking for those that identified with this man. We would remember that just before that, men ran away from the Lord. They would rather be somewhere else than be with the Lord at this time. Now, we don't hold that against them. To be honest, I have no idea what I would have done if I was there at that time. We would remember the famous incident of Peter. He would deny the Lord three times. But here is the faithful Mary Magdalene and other women seen at the cross at the time when everybody else was running away from the Lord. She was faithful to the Lord even at the expense and the threat of her own life. She was faithful to the Lord and chose to be where no one else would, other, would rather be. We would remember that in a scene like this, she was endangering her life. She was practically putting her life in danger, identifying herself with this man. But not Mary. Mary Magdalene would be, you choose to be with the Lord. She would be the last one at the cross. We would remember what the Lord spoke in Matthew chapter 16. Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself 
take his cross and follow me. Whosoever shall save his life will lose it. Mary was willing to lose her life for the Savior who had delivered her and saved her from the bondage that she was in. We thank God that we live in a time, at least in this country, where identifying with Lord, yes, he's got a little bit of ruffling of feathers and, and that, but really speaking truthfully, our lives are not in danger. We are relatively safe and we're thankful to the Lord for the government that we have, the laws that we have on our land that allow us somewhat to continue in our faith without endangering our lives. But there might come a time, and God forbid, there might come a time that we will be demanded and required as Christians. In fact, scripture tells us so. Where our choosing of the Lord might be a life and death, and death situation. How many of us would stand with the Marys of Magdalene and be willing to stand and say, I will identify with this man even if it means my head at the platter. How many of us are willing to say, I am willing to sacrifice everything for this man because what he has done for me far outweighs anything and everything else that this world can offer or this world can do to me. Finally, would look at Mary's devotion. In chapter 15, she was last at the cross. In chapter 16, we see her, her devotion, being the first at the tomb. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. Now, something really struck me about this particular passage as I was reading it this morning. See, all these other things that Mary Magdalene was doing, some people would have seen her do. All these things were done in the public, ministering unto the Lord. People knew what she was doing, because she was doing it in the public. But what we see here, we see a devotion of Mary that is outside the glare of man. When Mary Magdalene and, 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 and other women went to the tomb, they, didn't, they were not seeking to be known that they went to the tomb. They were not seeking to be public to, 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 to what they were doing for the Lord. Their devotion to the Lord privately of their own volition, 
they took it upon themselves to go to the tomb with spices for the Lord. Our love for the Lord, I would argue, is not so much what we do in private, in, in public. It is very easy to gain praise from man when we do things publicly. It is very easy to be known to have donated this and that to that charity, and then we get our tax rebate. There's nothing, I'm not against that or anything like that. But it is very easy when we do these things publicly that other people can see us doing. But it is much harder and perhaps weightier when our devotion to the Lord is not in front of man and women's eyes. When we do things for the Lord that nobody can praise us for. When it's not going to be written in the annals of history. When we're not going to get an OBE and all these titles. We do them out of devotion because we love the man of Calvary. I am sure Mary Magdalene didn't care, not, not in a careless way, but didn't care whether the disciples praised her for going to the tomb or not. Humanly speaking, at that point in time, as far as this man that she had come to love so much was concerned, he was dead. As far, humanly speaking, that was the end of this Lord that had delivered seven demons. But her love and affection for him would not end. I, this is true. I am sure that she loved our Lord unto the end. We have not seen our Lord, we who are here today. The Lord has gone back home. He is in heaven. But our love and devotion for the... Does it have to be lesser than the love that the disciples who saw the Lord loved the Lord? Should we love the Lord lesser because we have not met him in the flesh? If you do, then you do not understand what he has done for you. Because what the Lord did for the disciples who touched him with their hands is the same thing that he has done for you and I today. We can love our Lord passionately, just as passionately as Mary Magdalene, even we today in the 21st century, even though we have not seen the Lord. She thought the Lord was dead. But she wasn't going to stop loving the Lord. She will be the first one to go and minister to the Lord. She ministered to the Lord whilst the Lord was still alive. She will minister to the Lord even in his death. What affection and devotion of this great woman of faith. The last time that she saw the Lord, he was hanging on a tree. 
humanly speaking, to the natural eye, he seemed helpless. He seemed a castaway. As far as the society was concerned, good riddance. As far as the authorities of that day were concerned, that's the end of him. But Mary Magdalene was not finished with the Lord. He would she would love him even though she could not see him no more. You know, the la this world does not know the things that we know. I remember one day me and Jim were the ministry that we were doing. This is years ago. And I used to cut through, through the roads to, because we had a, a depot at Tim Valley. And I would cut through the houses just, just in front of where, where John, John and, and Maureen live. I would just walk across there and then under the, the train bridge and then into Tim Valley. Just shorter that way. And I remember one day coming back and I was looking at this family. The circumstances of me at that time were that whenever I saw a family, it just, it just worked on me. So I was just looking at this family. And this man came to me and said, why are you looking at us? Why are you looking at us? And said some expletives and things like that. I just continued walking. I just ignored him. And then I thought to myself, and then there was another incident. Um, if you go Jackson Street on Gates, on Gates at Jackson Street, there is Halifax, and then there's a dentist on the right-hand side, and then there's a bus stop as you go on. As you go further, they're just opposite the post office, and that little shop in the post office. There used to be a phone booth there, a public phone booth there. So I used to go there. This is like 2002. Two, three, four. When mobile phones were not very popular, so there were quite a lot of these public phones just lying around everywhere. So there used to be a phone booth there. So I used to use it quite a lot to phone home. And I remember one day I was in the phone booth and I was talking to my family, and this man came to me. And he had a lighter in his hand, and he, he, he lit his lighter, and he was holding a bottle with the liquid in it. And he said to me, Get out of my country, I'll burn you alive. Now, I postured in a defensive posture, and I'm thinking to myself, if he put, because I was like, if that is gasoline or something, if he throws it at me, he's landing on his backside. That's for sure. So I, po I, I positioned myself, and then I just looked at him, and then by God's grace, he walked away. And I remember thinking to myself, do these people know the God that I save. Do these people really know who stands beside me? 
you know, Scripture says, when the Son of Man comes with his holy angels in his glory, then he will sit on his throne of glory. And scripture also tells us that when he comes with his saints, I will come down one day with my Lord. Now, if those people had, had, have repented, bless them. Glory be to his name. We are going to be together. But if those people don't repent, one day this African that they wanted to burn, they will see him coming with his Savior in his glory. We will not be weak people anymore. We will not be victims anymore. They will admire him in us. They will wish to be us. Now they don't wish to be us. But one day they will wish to be us. When they see that the God that we save, whom they despised on the tree, he is our God, and to him we belong. Mary Magdalene, I think it is fair to say, even though the Lord, she had last seen as a despised and forsaken man, counted amongst thieves. But her devotion, because she knew what the Lord had done for her, she loved the Lord all the way. And even though scripture doesn't tell us, I think it is fair to say she was faithful to the end. She loved the Lord to the end. I think these are the giants of scripture. Scripture doesn't tell us a lot about Mary Magdalene. We don't, we're not even actually told the incident when the seven demons were cast out of him. We don't know. Scripture does tell us that in a parable form that demons are attracted actually to the environment. When you provide an environment for a demon, actually the demon will come in. So probably she had a very checkered history. This Mary Magdalene, but this is me trying to read between lines. But the Lord still came with whatever history she had and delivered her and cleansed her. She was beholden to the Lord for the rest of her life. She knew what the Lord had done for her. I hope that as we live our lives, and I'm speaking to myself as well here, that we would always wear what the Lord has done for us before we act, before our conduct. 
so that we will be grateful and be faithful out to the end. Let us pray. Our precious Lord and our good Savior, some of us, Lord, were even scared to speak of these things because we know that we ourselves are failures. God of miracles,